Everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Warp Lords podcast. My name is Mike Danger Votor, and I will be your guide and your dungeon master to the magnificent world of Warp Lords. Tonight, I am joined by my players, Graham, Jared, Mike, and Dylan. Guys, why don't you go ahead, tell me a little bit about who you're playing tonight, and uh, tell me most importantly how your characters got here. Uh, my name is Graham, and I'm playing Dennis Stanson, a skeevy politician type uh if you've seen the mighty ducks movies he's the iceland coach from the second movie essentially except slimier and probably more of a dick i am jared i play johnny law everybody's favorite bird person half man half bird half cop all attitude (laughs) exactly (laughs) basically like that that song 100% 100% reason to... I don't remember what that song's called. Oh, and he's always drunk. Yep, that sounds about right. I think that pretty much is... It 100% covers yeah. everything that you yeah. need to know. <laughs> All right. Uh, my name is Mike, not to be confused with other Mike, who is uh, hosting this campaign. And uh, I play Mr. G. Yeah, he is an elf. And he also has too many pockets. Got so many pockets. Fuck your cargo pants. Want to fill your cargo pants up with pickles. I don't want to have pickle pockets, Jared. Too late. It's already pickles. Your pockets are full of pickles. Oh, wait, Dylan. What? Can that be a prestidigitation? Instead of pickpocket, be pickle pocket? And you put a pickle in someone's pocket? (laughs) That sounds like it would be an actual thing. I love it so much. Welcome to Warp Lords, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Think about think about its uses with scent. You'd be able to find people anywhere. Exactly, you can track them by pickle scent. <laughs> you smell vinegar a mile off. You know that some bitch is out in the woods. I am Dylan. I am playing a talking tuxedo cat by the name of Moshe Boots, who has the power to transform into a French boy by the name of Adrien Gustave de la Pantoisienne who is also secretly the master thief, Jacques Rabit. And I have no idea if I'm going to successfully do a French accent. Only time, Only time will, tell. will tell. Oh, sorry. It's okay. How do you say no in French? No. <laughs> That's... Yes. Uh, so, guys, uh, how did you end up here at this uh, at this shipwreck? Well... When a mommy bird really loves a daddy bird. <laughs> all right. All right. We went I'm taking over here. Back. All right. Um, so, yeah, Mr. G was uh, building things out of garbage, and then all of a sudden the uh, world started to come to an end. And then uh, Johnny's brother, Marshall, was like, hey, G, I know about your past. And he was like, oh, sweet. But then, like, Marshall just kind of, like, disappeared into, like, some sort of, like, portal dome. G's still on that little quest, trying to find his... Uh, what happened in the past. Johnny, do you want to talk about your um, brother getting portaled? Marshall disappeared while trying to 
approach an elemental thing. And yeah, it was weird. He just disappeared. No one knows where he went. It's pretty fucked up. Thanks for making me talk about it, asshole. You're welcome. <laughs> it's a mystery. Ooh. I just realized that Kenny is basically like Scooby-Doo. And Johnny <laughs> is like Shaggy. And G is like Velma. Yeah, definitely Velma. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me Fred? No, I think that actually makes you the other chick. That makes you Daphne. <laughs> Sit down, Daphne. Stanson's definitely Fred. So that makes you Daphne. <laughs> I was tempted to give Stanson Daphne, though, but no, no. I think in the grand no, scheme of no, everything, no. He's, a, he's a total Fred. Yeah, because he's narcissistic. Dylan's not Daphne. Dylan is scrappy. Ouch. That's what I thought. Oh. <laughs> oh, Ouch. Ouch. Too far. Too Ouch. far. <laughs> this isn't going to make it into the final cut. Uh, does anyone have anything of substance to add to the recap before we get into it? Scrappy's my favorite. wake up you have just undergone a serious crash in your spaceship all of you are various types of rattled you assemble the crew make sure that everyone is at least okay enough to get out of the ship and you jump outside all of you roll me one single d12 against your sense stat to make me a sense check for your surroundings Blackjack! Regular pass. Yes, so Dylan, what is your sense? My sense is a three. I rolled a three. That's blackjack. Perfect. So getting your exact stat means that you have passed this with flying colors. Graham has gotten under his stat, so Dennis... I got a one on a stat of three. What'd you get, Jared? I rolled a four. My sense is three. I'm going to just say I wasn't detective sensing. Johnny Law's hangover and now being in a plane crash probably messed him up a little bit too much. <laughs> rattled rattled his bird brains. Yeah. Y- you know, you definitely shook his feathers a bit. And huh. Mr. G rolled an 11 out of three, so he's not really aware of his surroundings whatsoever. Uh, you actually hit your head, and it took you a while to pass out. <laughs> so you are still a little bit loopy when you come to. Does Mr. G have glasses? He has goggles. He doesn't need, he doesn't need corrective lenses, no. Couldn't they fall off his head? <laughs> oh, man. Well, they're, they're pretty strapped on there, from what I would assume. <laughs> He's got the all-around ones. Yeah, exactly. The full nerd, yeah. if you will. <laughs> when the walkway of the ship like extends to let you all out of the back end of the ship, as you were used to the first time, it no longer really reaches the ground, so you have to make a jump for it. So, as all of you are jumping out of the ship, I need you to make me an agility check to make sure that you land properly. So once again, everybody roll me 1d12 against your agility stat. The green d12 on St. Paddy's Day did it for me. That is a blackjack. I am the best cat in the world. Uh, Yes. um, Agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) So as you are still in cat form, um, 
Monsieur Boots, describe yourself and how you jump down. I am a tuxedo cat with a little bow tie and a tiny top hat because I am always dressed for high society, even as a cat. <clears throat> I jump down very cat-like and I twist my body mid-air so I land on my feet. Perfect. So this was the one of the few times you made an actual like grandiose successful acrobatic stunt. That was fantastic. Cats so, always land on their feet, right? Yeah. Always. So cool. So yeah, you do this like showboaty front flip and manage to not fuck it up. You are now on the ground. You see the you see the scene around you as I describe. Um you got a blackjack on your sense check, correct, Dylan? Yes, I did. Perfect. So you'll get this bit of information now that you have dropped down. Um you see kind of a path of wreckage to your south so all those like scraped lines are divots in the earth and broken trees it looked like you guys took I'm guessing the squiggles at the bottom are actual trees yeah squiggles at the bottom are actual trees you are set in between a couple of mountain peaks um this is a plateau on said mountain that leads into a sprawling forest that leads down a hill it looked like your ship took out a bunch of the trees at the edge of this circle, widening the circle you're in. What kind of forest are we talking here? Are we talking tropical? Is it? It's definitely thick and lush. There are lots of fir trees. Um, all of the uh, all of the other trees, very very thick leaves. Very very you know. It's a very thick forest. It's thick. Think like black forest in Germany. For the fir trees, you're looking at like dark dark green um by the time that the needles and branches go towards the center mass of the tree it looks almost black with how like just you know deep it is and how dark the forest is um the like puffier leaved trees that are that you know climb higher into the sky up against the mountain you're looking at lighter greens and actually a bit of a bluish green which you all find to be a bit weird the tree like branches are all various shades of brown at some point some of them are like gray almost even white um but mostly brown overall the grass under your feet is a very very light green and there is a bunch of rocks that come through the grass under your feet what color are the rocks uh white do we have any arborists aboard the ship to try to well, repair I mean, these trees. Everyone's not even out of the ship yet. Right? <laughs> yeah, I still Sorry. need. I still need all of. I still need Graham, Jared, and Mike to resolve agility checks for yeah, me. Uh, I failed spectacularly. Oh God, yes. So Dennis Stanson walks up with all the confidence in the world and try and looks down, sees about a five foot drop in front of him, and just jumps straight off the edge. And manages to slip on the edge of the metal walkway. And you fall head over heels straight down and manage to belly flop onto the hard earth beneath you. Uh, Graham, what what does Dennis look like? Uh, He looks like a really shitty businessman, like a slimy pile of crap guy. Uh, He probably sucks less than he looks, but he's not the best to be determined <laughs> yeah he's he's also he's also kind of dirty now because he just fell like a dipshit your semi nice suit is definitely covered in you know dirt and dust now yeah 
I'm picking a. Uh, I'm picturing like slick back, gelled hair. Like you can see all the fine marks from the comb as he. Combed oh, that's it back. that's looks- exactly 100%. what he looks like. He looks yeah. like the Iceland coach from the second Mighty Ducks movie. Yeah, that's what he looks like. <laughs> Definitely talking dirty to himself as he combed his hair back in the uh, mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he'd take a cheap shot against Emilio Estevez. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a bad knee. That's where I'll hit. Oh, God. I was picturing Emilio Estevez as Patrick Bateman. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not actually Estevez. He's against like. him. God, Dylan. <laughs> And, um, Graham, you passed your sense check before you fell to the ground. Uh, I got a one out of three on sense and a ten out of three on agility. <laughs> Can't win them all. <laughs> um, I will say that once you kind of collect yourself and push yourself back up, uh, you do see all the other things that I had just mentioned. Oh, hey, there's trees here. <laughs> we're, we're like wow. in a forest-ish. <clears throat> cool. Jared. Make me an agility check, please. If you haven't already. For the agility, I rolled a, a three. Um, so just to reiterate, so we're rolling and we want to roll below our stat value, right? Correct. Like a okay. like a blackjack or like playing blackjack, you know, the card game, you don't want to bust. <laughs> exactly right. or lower. Yes. We're, so I rolled a three. Uh so just kind of describing what my character looks like, uh, Johnny Law is a, like, he's like half bird, half cop. Uh, <laughs> he's like All a, attitude. <laughs> all attitude, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he looks like a, like a bald eagle. So he's got like the white head and uh, he's wearing a, uh, a, a black trench coat. So I I passed my agility check. So I'm just going to say, as a bird, he's just going to spread his beautiful, beautiful wings out. Well, the Tengu people have crow wings, and it's very specific. So you have crow wings. I'm not a crow. (laughs) Your beautiful crow wings. My beautiful crow wings. (laughs) (laughs) And he just kind of like drops down. um, And while focusing so much on how lovely his, his wings looked... And how he's also kind of got a bit of a, a headache from the hangover. He failed his sense check and definitely did not notice anything else. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely more focused on just making it down to the ground. And you also saw that Dennis definitely just ate shit right in front of you. So you're more focused on that. Cool. So you you kind of listfully and gracefully just land on the ground beneath you and are also still violently hung over, so you're focused on that. <laughs> Mr. G, as you walk up to the to the edge... Well, I mean, the first thing I wanted to mention was Mr. G was down in the engine room, right? When this crash happened? Yeah, you are closest towards the, the metal walkway. So the first thing he would do is make sure that the chief engineer was all right. What, what was her name again? Nora Rocks is the chief engineer Nora of the rock. Seraphic Sapphire. She is a... <laughs> she does... So she is a uh, a human woman. She seems to be in her 20s. She is rather small. She stands a, a, a solid 4'11", um, and she is definitely slim build. Um, from the short time you've known her, she's very, very sharp and perceptive. 
Um, she wears pretty basic clothes because she is an engineer and she, you know, fixes this ship. So she wears kind of, you know, like an oversized sweater at the moment and she's wearing black pants. Yeah. So is, is she all right? Like I wake up and what happens? Is she there? Mr. G walks over and Nora is like collecting herself. She seems fine. She hit her head and passed out for a minute, just like most of the other people. But yes, like I said, she gets How's up. How's Captain Gaston? <laughs> oh, I'm going to save his and his his reintro for a second here because so dude's um, fine. Mr. G <laughs> is uh collects himself. He is a uh she which that word is not spelled like you'd think it is. S I with a little dash over it D H E the Celtic language, everybody. Is it actually pronounced she, like woman? No, that's actually how it's pronounced. Like the word banshee, if you actually spell it the Gaelic way, it's B-E-A-N space S-I-D-H-E. The more you banshee. know, bean shed. We're bean doing a great shed. job here. <laughs> yep, the bean shed. Yes, the bean shed. <laughs> Mr. G uh, collects himself... Um, yeah, checks over, makes sure he's, uh, you know, all the limbs are still where they need to be. Uh, he is not very tall for a uh, she, which is a Celtic elf. Uh, he's about 6'2". He has, like, brilliant red hair, uh, fair skin, and um, a massive fissure in, in his head, Um it's partially obscured by the goggles that he wears on his forehead, but uh, it's it's pretty noticeable, even with the goggles over them. Uh, there's even parts of carbon fiber or some sort of material that seems to have reconstructed a portion of his skull um, over his, uh, his right eye. Uh, otherwise, he wears pretty basic clothes, pretty utilitarian, um, a linen shirt with a uh, vest with a lot of pockets, and... Um, cargo pants which also have lots of pockets and uh and boots i knew it oh he's, it was gonna be cargo pants he's got pockets of course <laughs> oh, dude, he's got there's so, so many much pockets. room for cargo you never know it's so uh, mr jude make sure that uh <laughs> mr jude make sure that nora is all right um and ask her about the ship but i'm assuming that she'd want to leave immediately correct nora looks over oh um, gee, are you, are you all, all right? Are you good? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm fine. Uh, the ship, however, I'm, what should we do? Um, it's, I haven't really given, ha- had a chance to check it out much yet, but I can already tell from the crash that it's not good. I think we should get outside and, and talk with the captain and regroup and then maybe assess damages further. All right, all right. I'll I'll uh, I'll get I'll get right out of here. And then uh G would definitely retrieve his backpack before he left. Oh, you you left it. You le- okay. Yeah, cuz it's like I'm assuming it's tight in the engine room. I mean, like he can't really get around with a massive backpack on. He's got some tools and stuff, but not easily. He actually um blackjacked his his evacuation roll here. Uh, it was a. I my agility is a six, and I rolled a six. Oh, perfect. So G is basically going to um, perfect. Stand up there. He's gonna help uh, Nora and whoever else is trying to offload down, and then he's going to just 
just jump down the edge and just land it. Stick it. Boom. Yeah, she blackjacked her agility check anyway, so she was fine. Um, There are a couple other people who make their way out of the ship after all of you jump down. Um, You see a short, um, probably about 4'9", slightly chubby Asura girl. Um, The Asura race... Essentially, they in the mythology, they are gods with many arms. In the context of this game, you know that they can appear um, more traditionally with brown caramel skin, all the way to ranging to blue or purple skin, which are more exotic. You see Rebecca walk up. Um, she has dark purple skin, and she has four arms. Um, she wears pretty basic white robes um that are now a bit scuffed tattered and dirty due to the nature of the wreck um she walks up and she tries to jump down and she (laughs) and she black checked um you see her just kind of like look and she like sheepishly and nervously peeks over the edge she moves her hands in a circular motion and creates some winds and she basically just like rides the wind down to the ground so she doesn't have to jump or just fall the next person you see is a girl who is wearing um half plate armor who walks out um she's holding a drinking horn and looks very groggy you know this to be your um your defense uh your defense kind of leader Basically, she she maintains the shield that is supposed to protect your ship, and she works on keeping the outside of the hull Good job, kind lady. of in tip-top shape. So, like, if anything were to go She's wrong, the shield lady. She's the shield yes. one. She does the shield <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Apparently, she yeah. doesn't do a very good job. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, against that, that, that magical thing. That nobody saw it's coming. Her, it's her job to keep the shield up. She should have seen it coming. <laughs> she is a human, um, but y- she has dwarvish, dwarvish features. She stands about 5'5". Five five. She has uh, like a pretty... I don't think calling her thick is the right word. She definitely has some bulk and tone to her, and she wears armor, which definitely makes her a more imposing figure she has long brown hair that's always tied in a ponytail um and her armor looks like she made it herself out of scrap metal um it's all tied together with like leather straps and bits that she also looked to kind of put together herself she's um relatively attractive and she has a large dwarfish dwarfish nose um which leads you to believe that she might be of a mixed race um what was her name again sorry anna maria anna maria thank you and she's Mm -hmm. drinking out of a horn she's drinking out of a horn (laughs) and she just looks down at the ground and she also gives it just like a half hearty more of like a heroic jump than an actual jump down trying to brace herself as you notice she takes a swig out of the horn before doing so i feel like it's okay to say that she's thick like this is a thick campaign (laughs) everybody's thick well it's (laughs) i she's just she's more jacked than thick is what i like she definitely Uh, has a lot of like sturdy muscles she's sturdy she's sturdy yeah i just want to imagine Um, everyone being super thick (laughs) 
I mean, we are down with the thickness here oh, in this, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad at least one person enjoyed that. That was awful. <laughs> I'm down with the thickness. <laughs> Get down with the thickness. She she definitely jumps down and has a very heroic landing, and she kind of sinks about a foot or two into the like hard rocky earth below you just from the weight of all of her and her like armor jumping down there and not really giving a shit and she just steps out of the hole she's ma- the holes she makes and then just starts looking at the ship while drinking so wait you're saying she sank a foot or two into the ground and she's not thick that's a thick <laughs> drop right there <laughs> i mean i was more implying that like it's because of it's more because she has a lot of armor and a lot of muscle, it sounds like. And she's also a bit thick. <laughs> what is the density of this soil? This is breaking my immersion. I don't think the soil <laughs> density works that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, two feet. Cannon, two feet. The next person to step up is Kenny Doggins. My boy. You all see your good buddy Kenny coming out of the top of the ship. He's a good boy. He bends down. And you all see a bipedal dog that looks like a hybrid between a Dalmatian and a boxer with a humanoid, like, look in his eye. He he has black spots, white fur. Um, he is starting to get some, get some salt into the pepper of his spots with age. He's got more wrinkles than he did when he was a spry young pup. Um, he has a very 80s mullet. Half of it is white and half of it is black. He's wearing a black duster, a white silk shirt now, and he's wearing a black silk pants and boots. And he shouts down, Hey, Johnny, how's how's it look down there? Does it look any better from, from down there? I haven't really looked around all that much yet. Uh, seems to be some trees around here. Uh, also, Dennis seems to have fallen. I'll be fine. <laughs> and just for the record kenny doggins gotta be rocking some pretty solid earrings huh oh he has one uh, solid gold <laughs> earring on his right he's ear the coolest dog <laughs> he's a really good boy he goes okay cool i'll i'll come down and take a look myself and he he just kind of like gives you a point and he tries to jump down um unlike a cat Kenny does not land on his feet after <laughs> jumping, and he very much takes, like, a hard tumble as he comes <laughs> down, um, and he's just laying there for a minute. So, like, he lands on his hind legs or his hind paws and tries to, like, immediately roll forward and, like, break into a roll, and then he basically splays out halfway through it and just kind of lands on his back and then rolls on his front. <laughs> Ooh, that one that one was rough. That oh nope, that's gonna hurt Dog me. Down it. Oh uh. I give the dog the, my most condescending Frenchist laugh. <laughs> well that wasn't very nice. Yeah, like Kenny is like getting up and just kinda like low growls towards you. Wait, wait, danger. Danger, what does that low growl sound like? <laughs> That's terrible dog growl. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, uh, Johnny would extend the talon to help up his friend. 
Yeah, he definitely puts puts his beefy paw in your talony his mitts. Thick beefy paw. And you help him up. <laughs> beefy paws. <laughs> you see a man who is like very very well dressed. Um up until this point none of you have really spoken to him. He's very very quiet and he seems somewhat proper. Um you see a blonde um she man. Uh, he stands about five nine, five ten-ish, rather slender, lanky build. Um, he's wearing, like I said, a very, very like cut pressed suit. Um, and on his wrists, he's wearing gauntlets that have knives coming out of them. You know this as Alvis. He is your munitions expert. He mans all the guns and fixes all the weaponry on the ship. He jumps down perfectly fine and he goes about his business and after all of the members of your crew have jumped down you see an incredibly fancy man run out last after everyone has run out and you see your captain rex mcmasters a very very handsome man with a very square jaw broad face big nose he has um Hair that is parted somewhat in the middle that sprawls down on either side to about shoulder length. Uh, Very, very, like, almost caramel brown hair. He's wearing a cloak that goes halfway down his back. It is rimmed with a fur collar. And he is wearing ornate hardened leather armor that has bits and pieces of metal plates shuffled in there and he's wearing silk pants with golden dye that are emblazoned on them and brown boots he backflips up on top of the ship and he just kind of like peers around and he looks around he goes all right crew is everyone everyone alive we good wait that's not the response i was looking for it's a little early to, to call that. I'm not sure how many, uh, lack of a better word, corpses uh, are mangled in that other piece. And I, I point over to the wreckage that's shoved in the in the mountain over there. Well, we won't be able to find out any of that until uh, we get this ship on out of here. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let me let me do some scouting of the perimeter. I'll be down. Everyone assess the damage. And he, after backflipping up, he jumps kind of backwards onto one of the rocks. And there's like a plateau and he just kind of walks out of, out of your view. So, I need everyone to explore the wrecked ship. Everybody make me a sense check, please. I would I would petition to change this sense check to an intellect check. <laughs> For G. Well, you still have to see what's going on. It would be fine for you to do an intelligence check. How how do they differ? Well, one is seeing what's happening and one is understanding what's happening. Like using your brain versus seeing what has happened. Well, Mr. Mr. G rolled, or I rolled for Mr. G a five out of three for sense because my sense skill is a three, but I have... An inherent perk, it's a uh, a trait of the she's that if I'm seeing or hearing something and using a sense check, I can re-roll it. So I'm going to re-roll that. Correct. And see if I can hit it better the second time. 25%, let's go. Oh, nope, 12. That's like the opposite. 
No, you're um there's a lot of damage everywhere. It's almost a bit <laughs> overwhelming to take in. <laughs> I turn over I look over to Nora and I say, uh I mean I know I'm not the chief engineer, but it seems that we're uh we're pretty screwed. I think all of our repairs are fixable. It is not what I would have liked to happen. We can we can get this fixed. It's not ideal. I mean the the ship is in literally two parts and then infinite other pieces. Well, it's actually it's actually like four parts. <laughs> and she she points to four different major pieces so that it's have broken worse. off of the ship. It, there's the main part of the ship that you all jumped out of. The gravitational rig has broken off and both of your wings and uh subsequently, you know, low flying jets to control you in midair when you're doing like surface flying uh broke off too. She turns to Johnny and says, uh, so what are your uh what are your detective senses make of this whole situation? What do you do you do you see anything anything vital? Yeah. That's uh, actually what I was just going to say. Johnny, as a uh, half-bird, half-cop, has the detective senses uh, that allow him to have uh, bonuses to his sense um, amongst some other skills. But Yeah, so why don't you describe a little bit more about like detective sensing stuff? Sure. Uh, I will just read what is here then. Um, so basically, uh, Johnny can see changes in the world. Uh, you can see changes in materials that have changed in the past 24 hours, like if they were modified, fixed, moved, broken. Uh, you can also sense changes in people and creatures uh, via temperature. Um, but the thing that I'm using right now is that you can add your intelligence to your sense checks. So instead of the usual three cents, he gets the plus four from his intelligence. Wow, Johnny has a plus four. Yes, his intelligence is four. Uh, so, yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I'm more surprised that your sense is lower than your intelligence, just based on who your character. Well, is. Well, it's because Tengu get a bonus uh, to their intelligence. That's oh, really the only yeah. reason. I mean, his sense was up to a six at one point, but after years of hard drinking, it's uh, it's diminished. <laughs> I just been dragged. Down. His senses. <laughs> He was he was a sharp one coming out of the academy. You guys don't understand what being a cop in Gensokyo does to your does to your uh, (laughs) mental state. So anyway, uh, instead of the three that he's that he's got for the the blackjack, it'll be a seven, Uh, and he rolls a two. So I would just say the way that it would look is like maybe his like pupils would dilate a bit as he kind of just looks around with his eagle eyes, trying to sense. Uh, what's going on? Yeah. So on your end, then counterpoint. So, um, Mister G, you look over and you're like, "Oh, Johnny, what do what do you see?" You don't get a new G voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's too late. I did it. it. I already 100%. did it. <laughs> it's not a hard voice to nail. <laughs> Johnny's eyes uh, dilate essentially. Um, his humanoid eyes are vaguely asian so like he already has small eyes to begin with at least like as far as g can see so uh the white of johnny's eyes essentially goes black more or less johnny as far as your vision goes um your vision goes blue and everything around you then starts to turn different colors based on the temperature and based on times of change so on and so forth um 
Are you looking for anything specific with this role? I mean, to be honest, I don't really think that Johnny would be particularly great as, at assessing damages, as he knows very little to nothing yeah. about ships. Uh, so, yeah. you know, whatever. Johnny's a loose cannon. He's going to instead look around <laughs> and kind of in, assess the environment. <laughs> he's the chief of security, so he's okay. got to assess the risks. That's his self-appointed role, <laughs> chief of security. So... <laughs> So to go into a little bit more detail on that for you, you go into your detective senses and you start looking at the ship and you quickly determine that you don't know shit about the ship and it's all <laughs> it's immediately broke. apparent. I don't, so it's broken. It's you all broke, immediately sir. just turn around and start looking at everything else. <laughs> you remember that as soon as you stepped out of the ship, um, you hear the sounds and cries of... It only sounds like monsters or wild animals to you coming from the woods. So you start to walk around the kind of inlet that you're in to kind of assess damages further and maybe setting set up, up a, a perimeter. perimeter. There you go. Cop talk right there. It's yeah. exactly what he would Cop do. Talk. The outskirts of the woods definitely seem like they slope down to the base of the mountain. Um, you're quickly able to assess that you're probably on a peak or on a plateau of the mountain itself. It definitely seems like all of the noises and sounds are coming from inside of the woods themselves, and they don't seem eager to pop out of the woods. That's what I'll say that you get with it, too. Sure. For now. Well, Mr. G, uh, I definitely hear the sounds of nature, um... I mean, that's pretty much all I can hear. There's probably some beasts out here. There's a slight decline. We're probably on a plateau. Uh, but that's really all I can tell with these oh, these old eagle eyes. And, and the ship. What about the ship? Well, the ship is most definitely broken. <laughs> uh, I can determine that with absolute certainty. She turns over to Nora and goes, Seems like the ship's broken. <laughs> Taking advice from Oh guys, Johnny is the Locke. ship broken? Is that's what is that uh, what's wrong well, our with our captain it? it's told broken. us to assess it and what? it seems like I mean I we've been over this several times <laughs> in the last few minutes. Uh I, I don't know I, I don't know how we can really communicate this any better. It's very broken. What? The ship is broken? <laughs> I would assume that that part is supposed to be attached to the rest of it, and that additionally the other part is all supposed to be together. But you're the chief engineer, not me. That is an astute observation, Johnny. Thank you. Yes, that is that is exactly what we would need to do to fix the ship. Mm. Good thing we got an engineer. I'm going to go make a We've- perimeter. And he kind of just works on the outside here. Like, this is clearly not his focus. Kenny doesn't say anything, but Kenny also looks at the ship and just kind of nods and is like, yeah, no, that makes sense. And he also starts walking with you to do the perimeter. Dude, I'm sure that he's got a lot of marking he's got to do with all these trees here, making sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does take a piss at one oh. point to set up a perimeter. He's <laughs> <laughs> That's the immersion we need, guys. <laughs> so you guys are setting up a perimeter a and um, a perimeter. Okay, great. That's <laughs> yeah. Walked right into that yeah. one. <laughs> I'm a child. 
so like I said, you guys go and do you venture into the woods at all or do you stay uh, with? Oh, we're just setting the up camp. the perimeter. If we were going to okay. go in, we definitely would bring um, the rest. Also, we need to get orders from our captain as a as a cop. I know that I need to follow orders. Yeah, no. So you and Kenny set up basic, uh, you know, perimeter. You kind of assess the edge of the woods. You see definitely multiple points in and out of the woods um, without going in. You see a couple of like overgrown footpaths. So it definitely looks like this has been traveled by some sort of, you assume, humanoid um, at some point before. Do we see footprints? You don't see footprints. You see a trail. Well, you see a trail that would dictate that it looks like it was traveled along via humans. It's not like a cut trail and made trail. Graham, Dylan, what are what are you guys doing as far as assessing the damage goes? Uh, Well, I blackjacked my sense check. The right part of the wreckage definitely seems to be um, obscuring some pathways. You see, like, some wreckage from the mountain, and then you see the right wing of the ship um stuck in between it and it looks like it was an uphill path that leads up more in the peaks that's kind of the Mm -hmm. first thing that you notice um you see something potentially similar happening with the left wing on the other side of camp you don't know if it's blocking a pathway per se but it definitely broke some rocks and is like causing a massive pileup of rubble uh how much of a walk is it to just go over there Check the other half. I mean, like, it takes you about, like, I'd say it maybe takes you a minute to walk over there if you're walking pretty leisurely. Uh, I'll go check if there's a path or same scenario over there. It definitely seems like it leads into the woods. You can't tell because it's obviously still obscured with boulders and you would have to move everything. You don't know if there's a footpath there, but you definitely see that this, like, crashed right in front of the woods. As you kind of walk back and you d- and you're assessing that damage, you see Alvis looking up on looking up the ship and he's taking bits and pieces of rubble around. Good gracious, my beautiful weapons are completely destroyed. I will have to start from scratch once again. <sighs> and he's just like ups like he's just very upset and mumbling to himself and you note that everything that he does even when he's mad is still very proper. So he's mumbling? <laughs> he's definitely mumbling this. Is to his last name Mumbledore? It isn't. Albus no. Mumbledore. <laughs> that was funny, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, and Dylan, what is, uh, what is Muncher Boots doing in this triangle? I look for something tall to climb on top of so I can survey the scenery and look and see if there's anything worth stealing around. Um, you could try and climb up any of the trees that are around because you are in a clearing surrounded by, like, a forest. You could climb up the ship. You could start trying to climb up the mountain. Some options. For the record, I'm a cop, not a firefighter. Don't get stuck in a tree. I'm going to get stuck in a tree. <laughs> God damn it. Alright, so I'm gonna need you to make me a strength check. Oh, I was hoping uh, you would say climb agility a tree. because Yeah. No, son, you climb it. <laughs> well, that's a four out of two, so no. 
best cat ever. You comically <laughs> start trying, like you, you're agile enough to like jump up and start climbing the tree, but you're not strong enough to keep pulling yourself up. So your 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 tiny little cat claws uh, begin to just like sink deep into the tree, and you start to slide down it every once in a while. Cause you're not strong enough to pull yourself up. Like a very fat cat that can't quite get all the way up to the back of the couch. Yeah, exactly. It's less sad than that. Um, all of you kind of do your thing. Um, Dylan, give me one more strength check to see if you get it. Five out of two. No. Cool. Yeah, it somehow gets harder and harder clear, the more you struggle. If you specifically tree yourself, <laughs> we're not coming to get you. It's just going to be you in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I just also 100% expect him to just jump out of the tree regardless if you guys can get I can't wait not. for you to get stuck in the tree and then Kenny for some reason is just at the foot of it like ruff, 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 ruff. Oh, for some reason. Because he might be a dog. Because he's, he's a dog person. Actually, it's, it's pretty perfectly canon. So like, Monsieur Boots, you're struggling to like uh, climb up this tree that's on the... Basically, it's on the left side of the picture that I sent you. Um, you're trying to get a good vantage point from there. You see Johnny and Kenny walking around, making like a border and a perimeter. And when Kenny does mark his territory, it's underneath the tree that you are struggling to climb. <laughs> you're going to fall in piss. <laughs> and then he walks away. As everyone's doing their due diligence, uh, G is definitely following Nora and trying to help her assess the damages mm-hmm. as the chief engineer i'm assuming that like the captain kind of is clearly a little um detached from reality uh but um I th- i'm assuming the chief engineer would be the uh main person to file some sort of damage report and uh g is gonna try to learn whatever he can from from her as she's assessing these things so as as you guys are all kind of exploring the ship and seeing all of the the nonsense you now have to deal with Nora begins to work on the like gravi- like the gravitational warp engine that giant massive energy um she's trying to fix the rings on it as quick as possible and she has like a small tool belt so she's welding bits and pieces of it back together and she looks over at you and she just says ah um Mr Mr G can you Make a couple of fasteners that we can reinforce around where I'm welding this. I just want to make sure that there are, um, there's just some extra reinforcement. Oh, fasteners! This. That's a oh, that's engineering one one. I I I've got this. Do you want me to roll something? <laughs> uh, yes, please roll me an improvised build. Oh, improvised check. build. Mister G's fantastic at improvised build. Um, I'll explain what that is uh so mr i i opted to take an engineering skill called improvised build and what i wrote as notes is macgyver shit but basically um it allows you to build things um out of whatever you find around you and the actual mechanical effect of that is i add my luck to my intellect my intellect is a seven and my luck is a four. So that allows me to roll one 12-sided die against an 11. So there's a very small chance I'll so fail yeah, this. So you have a one in 12 chance to fail this roll, essentially. Yeah, so now that we've 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 hit this point home, 
that we have an eight percent chance. Yeah, now to that fail. I mentioned it, you're about to to roll a twelve. I rolled a four, so I definitely find the materials for that fat those fasteners. And do you want me to roll cool. to actually build it too, or just to find the pieces? Because that improvised build is technically just for finding the stuff. That's true. I will have you make an intelligence check to make the best design decision as far as your fasteners. All right, here we go. So G's intellect is a seven, and I rolled a twelve. So that's not <laughs> quite what he needs. <laughs> oh, fasteners, engineering one oh one. How the fuck do I make a fastener? <laughs> I, I skipped the first engineering class. Ah. I mean, I assume G. I assume G can uh, ask nora what she needs as he fucks up right i mean yeah like she's she's right there and yeah um oh good you you've got some materials um so what i need see this one here and she points down so the big mass of energy is housed between metal bands um that essentially control it there are four different bands and you can make me another intelligence check because this is somewhat familiar to Mister G and potentially all. Oh, of that's you. a pass. That's um, four out of that's four out of seven. So, um, immediately as she starts describing the metal rings and how they lock around um, the energy to house the energy, you think of the portal of Mecha Luna is the first thing that you think of the giant metal bands that surrounded your planet that created a shield and protected your world from outside threats um it seems that the design for the for this part of the engine uh was basically built around that concept you are making fasteners that have a slider inside of them so you can keep uh you can basically still have the rigs function the way they need to with their coordinates directions and basic and distance um that are all etched into the metal around the bands all right so it takes you it it takes you a little bit to figure out but Nora kind of shows you the fasteners that she's looking for so imagine basically like a giant reinforced belt buckle right on that go over where everything is being welded um, by the time that you get all of these fixed and set and made, Johnny and Kenny come back to the ship and have finished their perimeter. Alvis has started recreating some weapons. Anna Maria is looking over the ship, trying to figure out how to get it out of the mountain. And kind of the, the rest of the people are, are messing around. Out comes a yawning hulking behemoth uh a giant green-skinned orc with long fangs he's holding a cauldron with a ladle in it it seems to have something that's already warm and bubbling inside of it um but he wakes up and he looks down and he goes where we take crooks and all of you kind of who are now grouped together again and you look up and you see the orc who everyone forgot about <laughs> to be fair we just met grooks like very very recently it was like yeah it was like within the last hour yeah why no one answer grooks well grooks it appears as if we've crash landed on a planet uh judging by all of the fallen trees directly before you you could probably presume that we have found ourselves stuck in the side of some kind of plateau or mountain cave type thing oh Okay. That makes sense, Grooks. Yes. Grooks make you all grub. 
you could probably be hungry now. Did he just right? call me Grooks? No, he he pointed to himself. Uh, <laughs> he he did. Yeah, he very clearly misses words Cla- every once in a while in his sentences and refers to himself in the third person. <laughs> Grooks just kind of looks over and then he he jumps down and let's see. So he passes agility uh, check, but let's see if he don't spill the chili. That's what I'm. That's what I'm curious if he's, <laughs> oh, if no. he's about to pull a Kevin, Kevin right now and spill the chili. <laughs> Oh, he blackjacked. We yeah, oh, the chili's intact. No chili has been spilt. The chili's intact. <laughs> um, so Grooks just, like, holds this cauldron above his head and jumps, and he lands very solid on the ground around all of you, puts it back down into his chest, and he kind of walks, and he starts to take, uh, he puts it on the ground, takes a couple of the trees, and he starts a fire, and then puts the cauldron on top of the fire. Doesn't hang it, doesn't do anything special. He literally puts the pot straight on the floor. He didn't even make a fire pit first? No. Holy moly. Well, fire safety, all right? I think you might need to make a separate perimeter, one for Grooks' fire. <laughs> Johnny is going to, while he does this, kind of like clear some of the brush from the side and kind of just start taking stones and putting them around the side of what he's going yeah. to call... The Grooks perimeter. You start to use your large wings as as basically like fans to brush away some of the dust and to help him get the fire started and then place rocks around the bit of a, I guess, just a fire pit that he made by not making one. So you basically encircle his fire as it's going. <laughs> Are we ready to like submit a damage report to this captain or is he just like standing on top of the ship still just like looking around? No, he walked he walked up the mountain to go get a point of view and assess assess where they were. You and Nora are just about putting the finishing touches on your last bracer at this point when Rex comes back up. You can tell by you you hear the sound of footsteps clanging on the metal of the ship and he jumps down. Rex has returned. He looks at all of you and he goes, there's some weird things here, guys. There are some really large beasts that are here that seem to be able to, I'm guessing, control and utilize magic somehow. But they seem to stick mostly to their to their areas and their nests. I think that we'd be safe here if we don't disturb them, if you know what I mean. What have you figured out about the ship? Ah, uh, the ship's broken. Yeah, it's not great. It's been broken into a few pieces, but hey, we got some chili here, so all's not lost. Thanks, Grooks. Grooks is chili. <laughs> okay, what would be the best course of action, Nora G? What do you? What do we need as a priority? Well, um, Captain, we have gotten a good good start on repairing the. Um, gravitational uh warp engine um i think that's the most important part to fix the next biggest issue that we have is to um pull it out of this mountain or cave or whatever it's in that seems like the biggest task ahead of us yeah captain i'm not sure if you're aware but the the ship is in at least four parts and they're not (laughs) connected I feel like... Oh, like it's broken. Oh, I, I feel like connecting the four parts would be ideal for space travel. Um, it's not really advisable to take a, a rocket ship 
into space if the parts aren't connected. Yeah, this isn't cooking. We can't serve a a, a deconstructed ship to space. That just wouldn't work. Your analogy is apt, if not... I mean, yes. Yes, sir. Nora. Great. I have a question for you. Yes, John. How long do you think it might take to repair, to repair this? I assume it's going to take a while. I would... I would say if everything were to go well, we could have her back up and running in a week or two. Well, perhaps we should consider creating a shelter. That definitely doesn't seem like a bad idea. Uh, Maybe some kind of lean-to or something like that. We do have a lot of fallen trees. Okay. So, like, Johnny's going to start working on that. (laughs) Yeah, like, you're asking her and talking to her like she's the captain, and she's just, like, fixing this thing, like, okay, cool. (laughs) Whatever, dude. (laughs) Johnny's, like, he's he's in survival mode. We crashed on an alien planet. We don't know anything about it except for there's these big monster guys. It's not like we can light a fire inside of the ship. What if it's really cold at night? No, these are all valid questions. Yeah. You just asked someone who's busy and probably not the right person to bring it up to. Well, and she he already had declared, turn. so it's too late. I, I did declare. <laughs> it's too late to undeclare. How about we uh, we eat some chili and, and talk about our situation over there? Because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of loose ends here. It, uh, I, that's I, a that's a good idea, Mister G. Plan of action. That's a good idea. So, everybody, take a break, gather around, get some get some grub and refuel. Do we have bowls? Oh, Crooks has everything that he needs all all set <laughs> what up. A fucking great cook. <laughs> it's like he has one job and he's damn good at well, it. Let's eat the chili first before declaring it great. It's true. It's Give true. me a second. Let me roll. For it the could chili. be like the South Park <laughs> chili. Rolling for chili. <laughs> Yeah, he got a six out of seven. Like it's really good right, chili. Good. It's not like chili it, from chili. How's the spice? Good. How's, how's the spice? It's not too it's spicy. It's not like chili from chilies. It's it's, it's good. got some very nice like aromatic yeah. chilies to it, but it's not overwhelmingly Serious spicy. Serious question. It's, it's acceptable. How much butter what? and or alcohol is in this chili? Uh, you definitely assume there's probably some amount of butter in here, but you can't really tell. Uh, you don't taste any alcohol. What kind of meat <clears throat> do they use in the, uh, or does Grooks use in the chili? You think it's beef. <laughs> That's a solid chili right there. Grooks just tells you it's meat. <laughs> you did not sound very committed to that. It's It's chili. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yep. So yes, you all are now sitting around um, the fire uh, that Grooks has made. Um, you are eating this very, very surprisingly good chili. Um, We're standing, right? Because we don't have chairs. You can either sit on the ground or stand or pull up a log. It's I mean, Mr. G's definitely sitting on a log. Any option is valid. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I assumed that, like, there were logs around based on where he set up, so people are just sitting on Oh, wait, wait, yes. wait. No, Mr. G's not sitting on a log. He pulls out the box of imagination, presses the top <laughs> button, and goes, uh, chair... And then he drops it, and it turns into a four-foot-by-four-foot-by-four-foot chair. Yeah, it's it's a metal chair. It doesn't look very comfortable. It's more comfortable than a log. So your box of immersion makes it so that you can 
say what immersion. it is that you want and it can become a mundane object is that how it oh works? right so mr g mr yeah. g invented this item um in in a previous session that uh is called the box of imagination also known as the box of immersion apparently um <laughs> it's a it's in the original text i think it's four inches by four inches by like four inches uh cubed but it has a button on the top he presses the button on the top and it just kind of like folds out. There's a, a bunch of little small metal plates that just fold into any um, spoken word shape that he or, or, or a non-complex device. Yeah, like it's it, the, the designs that come. And the, the, the limit on that creation is that it can't be longer than four feet in any direction. Yeah. So basically, it only looks more complicated um, because of all the small metal plates that make this thing up. All of the like shapes and designs it makes otherwise are super simple. Yeah, it makes very simple. It makes very simple machines. So you made a soccer mom chair. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> you know the ones. But it can be anything within oh, your yeah. imagination. As long There's as a cup not. holder in it. I'm sure if it's a soccer mom thing, it's a cup holder for your little chili bowl. <laughs> so Mr. Mr. G is sitting in his in his metal chair eating eating chili around the fire with everyone else. After Mr. G looks at a log, thinks about sitting on a log, and then spends a minute, you know, getting the box of imagination set up into a chair, he sits down and eats his chili, and he was the last one to sit. All of you are sitting. Um, the sound of <clears throat> chewing and enjoyment... Uh, kind of warm everybody's mood and warms everybody's disposition um, from the looming task of fixing the ship ahead of you. I turn into a person before we start eating the chili. Okay, cool. That works. Person, you mean <laughs> human. Yeah, what what does your human form look like? So my human form, when I'm not disguised as a master thief, is a... Skinny little French boy with blonde hair and green eyes, about five, six or so. And he is dressed in, like, a three-piece suit with a vest under his jacket and a little <laughs> bow tie and a top hat. And when he is in his human form, he goes by the name Adrien Gustave de la Pantoisième. So the cat changes to a very, very boyish looking human. <laughs> yep. So you guys, you guys all uh, sit down to eat your chili and you see the cat transform into a human and everyone kind of like stops for a moment. Everyone waits until he's done and then they all get back into eating their chili. At this time, as you all are eating, um, Rex looks up at all of you. I, uh, I noticed something when I was up on top of that that peak. It seems as though if we get down from this mountain, there's a village pretty close to the edge of the forest. I think we could potentially reach out to locals to see if they'd offer us help. What time of day is it? It's midday. Could we get there if we wanted to before night falls? I would assume so. Okay. Well, you should probably ask ask Rex that. Well, I mean, I'm. I, why would he know? <laughs> I could just look up. Um, for the record, you all are sitting down, and Johnny is not. He's standing up, not using any utensils, and he's putting his whole beak 
inside of the chili and pulling out like one piece at a time. <laughs> and also, I would I would guess that Kenny Doggins is doing something similar, except for his tongue is just licking. I mean, like he he's he's got like the bowl on the ground, and like his face is in the bowl. <laughs> he eats he eats very much like a dog eats, very fast. <laughs> yeah, I think we could make it to that village, and I, I I don't think it would take us super long unless we run into anything unforeseen which may be the case i'd like to assemble a ground team and i would like the rest of you to keep working on camp and working on the ship dennis johnny yeah boss adrian and mr g can you all uh, accompany me through the woods perfect i was gonna volunteer well of course i will follow the orders Everyone else here can handle themselves and they can handle working on the ship for the time being. I think that all of your skills could help if we run into any trouble. I know nothing about ships, but I know lots about stealing. Let's not do any stealing until we know (laughs) where we are and what they're all about. So uh, Johnny would say, uh, Kenny... Uh, could you gather a bunch of sticks together so that we could potentially build a shelter later on while we're uh, going through towards this town? I would yeah, I'll you're do, very I'll, good I'll, at that. I'll work on making a uh, I'll work on making a shelter while you're gone, Johnny. Be be careful out there without me. And he like pats you on the back. I mean, I was I would assume Kenny's pretty excited about the sticks. He's like, I love to fetch. <laughs> oh, dude, I love to fetch. I he, love sticks. Dude, he runs. He runs away. He, you immediately see him go, and he grabs a branch that he knows won't be able to be used for a lean to. He grabs it in his mouth and he starts like wildly shaking it back and forth, and then he like throws it up to himself, and then he you know plays with it a little bit more, and then he goes to do actual work. Well, he knows that we're in the danger zone, so he's definitely trying to. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to make it safer g turns to nora and uh he says uh, i think i should go off on this mission but are are you sure you don't need a helping hand with the with the repairs well actually i could use some supplies so do be on the lookout for um here you know what i'll make you a list hold on one moment uh she runs off over to her like toolkit and she pulls out a notepad and she basically writes you a list of supplies that she wants you to bring back yeah um she wants you to find metal that is stronger than what the ship currently has um any sort of gemstones that could be used to infuse with magic and infuse with runes um and then basic supplies like some new bolts um a new bolt like if you can find a rivet gun that'd be helpful or find components to make one that'd be good blowtorch stuff like that sounds like she really actually has a lot of faith in you because those are some pretty pretty interesting requests given that we're on an alien planet actually um (laughs) if you have any ideas for how to bolster the defenses of the ship after we're finished um if you could find supplies for that as well that'd be great obviously we'll work on the designs together but I, I I appreciate your creativity, so I will leave it to your discretion for now. Well, I'll be sure to acquire whatever we could use to repair this ship and ensure that everything will be 
at tip top and this won't happen again. Great. Um, Anna Maria, Alvis, um, do we, do either of you need any supplies as well for um, any of the munitions or any of the defenses as well? Ha! I think we've got enough here to get this old, old baby working again. But you mentioned, uh, you mentioned stronger metal, right? Maybe if you get extra, extra that, that new metal that she's talking about, I can build, uh, I can build some extra, extra shielding for the, uh, the ship. Is that Alvis or Anna Maria? Anna Maria. Okay. Alvis is very, very proper and soft spoken. Um, she is very much a loud half dwarf, uh, a loud half dwarf drunken engineer. So many engineers. Yeah, I think so many engineers. I think uh, additional shielding might be might be necessary after the we might have to construct the result of our last encounter. Additional pylons. <laughs> we need we might need additional pylons. <laughs> um, um, Mr. G. This is Alvis now speaking to you. Um, he stops eating chili. He kind of like wipes his mouth and he like reshuffles his tie a little bit as he like addresses you and looks at you. If you could assess the technology on this planet to see if one, it would be useful to us and two, to see if their weaponry is anything good or usable for us. Bring back some some schematics, or bring back some prototypes, and maybe we can work on rebuilding the the munitions of the ship. It's going to be a while before we get there, anyway, so no rush on that. I'll do my best. Awesome, thank you. I appreciate it. All of this responsibility is just landing on your shoulders, and everyone else is like, "Yeah, <laughs> here you go. Go get metal." That's kind <laughs> well, I mean, of what it G- all breaks G down to. To loot this place for everything it's worth, anyway, so. I'm sure that someone else in our party is also trying to do that. Yeah, but not 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 <laughs> the cat same boy. <laughs> who who would do that? <laughs> uh, some specific young boy that is no longer a cat, not yet a man. <laughs> hey, I am all man. Thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, uh, G would turn to um to Alvis and and ask him a. Uh, is there uh have you checked the the stockpile are there are there any um munitions we could use from the cache aboard uh for our excursion for our sortie Well, I think your weapon is in good enough shape to get you through i'm asking for I'm asking for blasting powder I'm asking for black powder something i could I could use to make some sort of explosives or or whatnot something volatile please. Sorry, I just thought you wanted one of my guns. Hold on. I'm very protective about my babies. I reach into my uh, inventory and I pull out a small pepper mill and I go, I can make you some black powder. <laughs> G looks over it and, and disregards the cat. <laughs> is Alvis the one that's in Asura? No. Oh, Alvis is funny. a she. Sorry. Alvis, yeah. It would Alvis, be funny if yeah. Alvis was the one that was really protective of his arms. <laughs> I mean, yes, that would be funny. <laughs> the joke is noted. Noted. Yeah. He it takes him a moment, but like he he manages to like teleport himself up, and then he walks inside. Um, he grabs you. 
He gets you some empty bottles, some rags, um, some alcohol, a lighter, and a little bit of gunpowder. <laughs> I look at these and I go, I don't know, these might be more uh, more of the cat's uh, speed, but um, yeah, sure, <laughs> let, let's see what we can do. And and I, I make X amount of Molotov cocktails. What I mean... <laughs> How many Molotov cocktails can I make? You have enough supplies to make eight. All right, I'm going to roll to see if I can stretch that farther. Intelligence? Yes. Perfect. Is this alcohol that he gave him good alcohol? No, it's shitty. It's like shitty, shitty I got alcohol. 10 out of 7 on that one. 10 out of 7? So no, you don't get more. So what all you're right, saying I... is it seems that we're planning to fail all charisma checks with these people. <laughs> we have Dennis here. He's great at this. <laughs> That's literally my one thing. <laughs> it's like, nope, we're going Molotov. <laughs> All right. So how many? I have seven. I have seven Molotov cocktails now. Eight. Eight. And then the powder. Can I roll to see if I can make like a, a grenade out of that? Sure. I do improvise build. Improvise. Well, improvise builds just to find parts. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're still... I always want to do improvised build as the actual building for it as well, because you're building something on the Yeah, it's just a fine shit. improvising it. Yeah. Um, um, cool. Yeah, so just roll intelligence. All right, that's four out of seven, so I think I make one solid fragmentation grenade. Yeah, you definitely... You have one solid grenade with the powder that you made. You have a little bit extra powder, but yeah, this took a lot of it to get it to work. I'm going to go up to the rest of the group, and I'm going to hand out... Um, I'm gonna hand out two Molotovs to each uh, each person in the group. Uh, to the two to the cat, two to uh, the senator, and two to Johnny. I'm gonna hold on to two more of the Molotovs, and I'm gonna hold on to a grenade. Perfect. And Rex is also going with you. He said that he's going to be leading the. Charge. Yeah, I'm not giving shit to Rex. Um, he's got all types of fancy stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, Re- no, he's fine. real quickly. Johnny looks over to Dennis, and in a very Mighty Ducks sounding tone, he says. They won't know what hit him. <laughs> you guys got it. That's a Mighty Ducks 2 reference. No, I, I know <laughs> what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> wait, wait for like Kenny Wu to come in here with a spinning <laughs> Flying V! <laughs> Team Iceland. I, I want to take that in a Mighty Ducks direction, but instead of that... Or I'm going to pull out a really cool, I have it in quotes on my character sheet as a quote-unquote dope-ass lighter. <laughs> it is a pretty so sick lighter. pull that out and like flip it a couple times because I'm cool. Let's go with cool. Uh, make me a style check as you're trying to flip the lighter and be super cool. Uh, I failed, so it might not have a top. So you hit Guy Fieri <laughs> land. It's just like a big lighter. <laughs> so uh, it's it's actually it's a uh, gold and silver Zippo, um, and it's just covered in filigree. It doesn't make like any pattern. It's just ornately carved. The top portion of it is gold. The body of it is silver. Um, so you're like twirling this thing around. Please make me a luck check as you failed to be really cool with it. I passed that. Actually, I blackjacked my luck check. Perfect. Uh, you managed to two. not accidentally light one of the Molotov cocktails. <laughs> just <laughs> Fate had your back on this day. <laughs> Mr. G takes a couple of minutes um, and Rex looks over at all of you and he goes, 
Um, give me a moment. I just need to go get my, um, I need to go get my equipment before we leave. Um, so you guys basically are given a couple of minutes to prepare, which is the time Mr. G takes to make those Molotovs and the grenade, hand them out, and for this exchange to happen. Um, do you guys need to get anything from the ship or do any preparations before you head out? Johnny stretches. Stretching is really important. Uh, he doesn't oh, want yeah. to pull a muscle. Don't want to pull uh, anything. Sure. So he's going to be stretching. Absolutely. I will duck behind a tree for a minute and enter my master thief disguise so the villagers don't know who I am. Because they totally knew who you were before. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Wait, who is this? I've never seen this yeah. person before in my life. <laughs> but you, I knew you wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> it's uh, it's so it's just so perfect. Can you describe what it looks like, Dylan? Yeah. What does your master thief uniform look like? It looks exactly the same, except he is in a long tail coat. With white gloves, a mask with rabbit ears on it, and still the same top hat, and he goes by the name Jacques Rabbit. And it's a it's a bunny mask. <laughs> this is a rabbit. Yeah, mask. it is a bunny mask. Yes, <laughs> he is a cat, but also a rabbit. Nobody will ever see it coming. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. <laughs> what will they think of next? Whoa. <laughs> Um, it's the perfect so, disguise. <laughs> before we head out, Mister G walks up to uh to Dennis, and he's like, "Oh, Senator, are you sure you're ready for this kind of expedition? We we don't know what we're gonna find out there." Oh yeah, I'm no I'm no stranger to confrontation. And then I uh uh so in my we- weapon inventory, I have this thing that's called Street Smarts, <laughs> which is what I've decided to call my weapon. It is a stiletto made from the first money clip that I ever had. And it's mostly terrible, but it looks fancy uh, and it's sentimental. So I'm going to try and stylishly twirl that after I said I'm no stranger to confrontation. (laughs) I'm going to try again. Please make me another style check. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That's a massive failure again. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, please make me another luck check as you are twirling this stiletto. I blackjacked again! Oh, thank God. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't look cool at all, but he manages to not hurt himself while twirling it around. Uh, Which is particularly good because it also has a C bleed, and I would imagine that applies to me, too. Yeah, absolutely. It it applies to people who get hurt. It is super fucked up. Mr. G... Mr. G, I I would imagine that these people would share a common language with us, because why wouldn't they on a completely strange, different planet? So I'm sure that Dennis Dennis will be able to use his skills to help us in this situation. And as you say that, you all hear Rex jump down behind you, and he goes, That's exactly why we're bringing Senator Stanson along with us. Yeah. I'm just, I'm simply implying that maybe, maybe the senator should stay behind you and I, Johnny. I, I've, I've fought with you before and, uh, I, I've seen your prowess in battle. Sen- the senator, on the other hand, I, I, I would hate to see anything hor- horrible happen to him. Wait, Pule, I have also felt your prowess in battle upside the back of my head when you had me handcuffed. Uh, let me be clear. I have no intention of leading the charge. You guys can do whatever you want, 
I'm really good at talking about stuff and talking to people. So whenever there's a call for that, I'll do it. And whenever there's a call for boorish violence, that's all you guys. Well, that's perfect, because I think that our first choice would be to try to communicate with these folks, because we have no idea if we need to use these eight Molotov cocktails, or if you can just try to charm them with that real sweet-like Dennis talk. Poulet, you need to learn how to count. There are only two Molotov cocktails. We are to make contact only. Like Molotov hitting them in the face contact? No. Oh, 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 a good contact. I got it. We're on the same like page. Like the Captain. good kind, yes. Um, we are strangers on this planet. We would be only doing ourselves harm if we don't get the locals on our side. Maybe we'd be doing them harm if the Molotovs hit them. Hard, huh? I mean, that, I, that's what they're for. We only need to defend ourselves if the situation arises and calls for it. I will say that we should try and use our words first, regardless of what we find. Like telling them that perhaps that we come in peace, because we are the aliens here. Perhaps we come in peace? I mean, I suppose we could go with that. Might not be the line I use. (laughs) We come in peace, but it's up to you guys. Well, I'm not the one that's got the sweet beak. You know, that's, uh, that's Dennis's job. That's true, it is. Well, are you all good? Are we are we okay to head out? Wait, let's go. Let's go, Captain. All right. Let's move forward on a wing and a prayer. Well, I like that attitude. Nora, you're in charge while I'm gone. Everybody, be safe. We'll be back around, well, hopefully before sundown. Make a fire if the sun goes down and we're not back. Hopefully we should be back today. I assume at this point Kenny has amassed quite a few sticks that have been partially gnawed. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah, like, Kenny has been going to work on this uh, on this like lean to. Um, he's like resting it up against. He's taking like the bigger pieces of logs and he's like basically building them off out against the mountain um and he's got about like five or six big ones at this point that are already set up pretty well but yeah he's he's making some good work he's clearing the way he is a really good boy we've said it before he's a good boy rex turns around he looks over all of you all right everybody follow my lead we're gonna follow the exit straight ahead through the woods as that's the best way to get to the village from what I could see. Granted, I don't know what the pathway looks like inside of the woods, so let's all stay close. Just in case. So, you all walk into the woods. I need everybody to make me a sense check. Oh, well, I done failed. That is a four out of three. Four out of three. You are overwhelmed by the, uh, the just sheer amount of different sounds you hear from inside of the woods. I have my energy pistol out, and I am striking action-y poses at the woods. Uh, I failed big time. Cool. Same deal. You are immediately overwhelmed coming inside of the woods. Jared, what'd you get? Uh, I actually... I'm going to say that I'm not detective sensing. This is just passive Yeah, no, sense. it's just regular sense. Uh, so I rolled a three, which is a blackjack. Yep. You see, um, once again, you see this, like, overgrown path 
ebb and flow through the woods. Um, there are bits that are more overgrown. They have sticks going through them, vines, etc., etc. Um, and there are parts that look like they have been more well-traveled. Like, rocks are sticking through the ground, so the dirt around it is more noticeable. Um, you can see, like bits and pieces of like potentially old footprints stuff like that on the low ground around you you see large bushes and very very tall deep green grass um every once in a while you see these things shake everything around about like i'd say probably like five feet into the woods is pitch black it is so thick away from the pathways that you can almost not see when you say deep green do you mean like a deep emerald green or do you mean like dark like the rest of everything for the grass? Uh, i mean like i mean dark like those trees where like the center of the leaves where the shadows hit them it makes them almost look black okay so my my question here is uh kind of just about how tengu work because uh mm-hmm. johnny is tengu which yep. is like a japanese bird demon in japanese yeah. mythology uh so when he has a fly ability because he has wings can he yep. fly upward or is it more like a glide you could do either to be honest with you okay so here's what i was thinking we're trying to scout here and there's a lot of trees that are kind of in the way so mm-hmm. wouldn't it be helpful if he would just fly upward to just kind of help everyone keep their bearings by being like, yep, this direction. Uh, yeah, you could absolutely do that. Um, I will say that at the top of the forest, the trees are pretty thickly packed. Um, so you can't as easily see into the woods and see the path. It is overgrown on the top. You might get separated from the group, and the group might not be able to see you. Uh, gee. So, do you by any chance have, like, maybe a long string or something? Because I could just fly up in the air and you could hold on to it, and I could help guide the group. It seems that we might get lost along this path. I mean, are you... What would the string be used for? To, to guide us? Or do you, need to, do you need to communicate with us? I was thinking that you would hold on to one side, and I would hold on to the other side. That way, you would be... Um... It seems like a good idea in my bird How brain. about I just do this? And then uh, G has multiple um, microphones and transmitters, small, like, very basic transmitters, like, in his pack to just, like, build things. He, he just wants to build, like, a very simple um, uh, two-way, like, communication device. Oh, walkie-talkies. I'm just going to build a comm system for me and Johnny. And then uh, after two minutes, I hand him um, something that kind of looks like... I mean, it's very sketchy. It's a bunch of wires attached to a board. And the board has, like, a rubber band attached to it. And I'm like, hold still. And then I take the the board and the rubber band and I kind of just strap it around his head. And it's attached to his ear, <laughs> it, on, his ear on one side. That weird bird hole ear that birds have i i I take a couple steps away and i speak into my like very uh frontier style equipment and i go oh johnny johnny can you read me do i read him oh you absolutely hear him yes i hear you uh it's very loud and uncomfortable (laughs) but it seems that your device is working as intended let me let me try to fix that and i and i kind of just like tweak something a little bit it shocks you and then I'm like, okay, how how's this? Does it change anything? 
No, like it's still loud. It's still it like you can move it farther away and it will get quieter, but then you have to like hold it like away from you with the strap. It it doesn't really get better. After being shocked and uh realizing that it seems that this will only get worse. Yes, it sounds much better. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> If you want to, if you want to fly above, you you can relay information to us now. Um, I'll I'll just be listening to it on my end, and then I um, I just take the board and I just like hook it up to, um, a system I have in my goggles. Like I have it like in one of my pockets, and then there's just wires hanging from my pocket to my goggles and through a uh, like inherent like bone mic system. Like I can just talk and hear to him, hear what he has to say. So only you two can communicate with each other from far distances yeah. at the moment. So Johnny's going to say, uh, well, uh, it's customary whenever using uh, frequencies such as these to have code names. So uh, I will be known as Eagle Eye and I will call you Ground Patrol. <laughs> so with that, uh, he he flaps his wings and goes up into the sky. Perfect. Uh, so you fly up into the sky. Um, you basically push yourself through the trees uh, make me an agility check to get through the trees as you're flying up because they cover, they cover you he rolled a, a 3 out of 6 blackjack which is a pass so yeah you you jump up you propel yourself and you basically like dive straight through the leaves um, you see the clear day in front of you it's nice it's sunny it's not really warm per se uh it's definitely a bit chilly um makes him want to fly south feels nice definitely makes <laughs> you want to fly south um <laughs> you see the mountains now surrounding you as you are up in the air they are surrounding a large chunk of where you are and you see this large expansive forest you do uh to get anything further make me another sense check please can do fail I will say that you do see where the forest ends, but you don't quite see this village that Rex was talking about. Well, Johnny has wings, but he also has hands. And inside of his bag, he does have a camera that has a zoom lens. Cool. Uh, can he try to pull it out and try to focus around on the horizon to see? Or Absolutely. And- I'll let you, I will give you basically a sense re-roll um, because you're now using one of the items in your bag. Uh, one. Cool. One. Yeah. That's good. So, uh, you take out the magnifying glass and you look towards the, or the camera and you, you zoom in and you look towards the, uh, end of the forest and you actually notice that the village, uh, it was hard to tell. Um, you see a small plume of gray smoke coming out of a grove of trees and quickly realize that there's a village inside of it. It's isolated past the forest to your, to the south. Is there any activation on him having to, like, push something to talk, or does it just happen when he talks? Uh, Yeah, you do have to push the thing. Uh, So after looking out through the camera, he's going to put it back in his bag or his satchel for now, and it's going to say, Eagle out of ground patrol. Uh, We are headed currently in the correct direction. I do see a plume of smoke over yonder yonder hills. Uh, Continue on the course. Uh, All right. Uh, ground team to uh, Flyberg. Uh, we're we're good. 
I still think that the string would have helped, but <laughs> I suppose that this will work. She ignores that comment, and, and the party continues forward. Rex takes the lead, and he starts heading down. Um, there is suddenly a split in the path in the woods between left or right. I start going down the left path without waiting for anybody to tell me which way is the right way to go. That sounds like we should be going to the right. Yeah, I was going to say Rex started walking down the right path. I was going more for whichever way the cat went. We should go the opposite. I mean, like, yeah, I kind of figured that's what it was. <laughs> but... Without talking about this, these guys just like just went ahead. Well, Rex is leading the way and he told you guys to follow. All right. Um, G's going to say, uh, 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 Rex, uh, Captain. Yes. Would you mind me just checking with the uh, with our with our overwatch see which uh, direction would make most sense it's a split in the woods and he can't see no, into give the me woods a second here and then um g takes out his skeleton key it's a rifle it's an energy rifle and he says uh i i have an idea and he calls up to um to johnny law johnny law he goes uh uh skybird do you read me uh, the the term is eagle eye. The skybird. Yeah. Um, can I'm going to shoot my energy rifle at a 45 degree angle from our current position. Can you tell me if the uh, correct path would be to the right or the left of this uh, of this blast? Well, I have another idea. What if I just made made a loud noise and you could listen to where I am? And know that that's the direction let's, in which you try to go. Let's try your idea after we try my idea. How's that sound? If you shoot me, I swear to God, I am going to find you, and I'm gonna. Oh, whew, that's not just, even. Just think try about to that. stay out of the way, and then um, and and keep an eye out for for this blast. Yeah, I'm sure that won't attract anyone. G's just gonna blast his rifle at a 45 degree angle from the ground, straight between the two paths. Make me a luck check, bud. You want me to roll you a luck check? I do. I mean, it's a, it's an attack. <laughs> I know, and I okay. need to see what you're attacking. <laughs> All right, I rolled a six out of four. Okay. You start to hear the sound of insect wings buzzing furiously from the tree that you just shot. Well, I wasn't aiming for a tree. I was aiming for the canopy, but... Um, I mean, yeah, you have to fire to a through a tree to get through the top of the woods. Yeah, this is true. Jared, as as you, Johnny is flying up in the sky, you see this beam go out in front of you and come out at a 45-degree angle into the sky in front of you. You then also <laughs> hear the sound, the sound of flapping wings. Now, for everyone inside of the forest... You all see, it looks like a large bee. It has a very, very round head and red eyes, and it has very long insectoid, like, armored arms that end in two giant needles that almost look like uh, jousting spears. Three of those come out of the woods at you. Is this a fucking bee drill? You don't know.
that was uh, that was certainly an eventful week. Um, I just wanted to thank you, my my dear darling listeners, for getting this far into the episode. Uh, once again. This is Danger, your dungeon master for the Fractured World story here at the Warplords podcast. Um, I know this is the first episode, but hey, if you are uh, if you are down with our audio thickness, we would love to keep hearing from you. Uh, if you want to hear more about Warplords, check us out. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Come find us, come shout out, tell us what you like, tell us what you didn't like. Uh, this, this podcast is going to be presented to you all uh, on a weekly basis, so check us out on our social media. We'll be posting everything you need there. Until next time, be safe, have a good week, and make good choices. Good choices.